This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 4th, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Just how American are public schools and how American are the impulses that created them? Is the private provision of education really that un-American? Neil McCluskey, Associate Director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, says public schools, along with the conflicts they create, should be privatized. We are a nation of immigrants, largely, um, and it's popularly believed uh, that because we have all these diverse people who have come to this country, ethnically diverse, religiously diverse, philosophically diverse, um, what we've needed is something that, that unifies us, that teaches us all how to be proper Americans, to, to believe proper American belief, to accept American values and freedom and democracy. Um, and the public schools were set up as an institution that was supposed to take all these people and essentially teach them how to be Americans, to get along and to properly exercise freedom. And you know, the belief is that only a, uh, you know, a single system of education can do this, can, can take these disparate people who might not have had any experience with democracy or freedom and teach them how to use those things properly and responsibly. And millions of people, uh, obviously, over the years and millions and millions of immigrants have gone through the public schools. And so it's believed, look, this is what's taken these people and made them into good Americans. Well, the argument is essentially that this creates uh, a greater sense of common experience for diverse groups. It teaches them how to be uh, better citizens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they were essentially considered to be assimilation factories, but nice assimilation factories where people go and, or went and, and they, they were taught how to be Americans in, in very pleasant ways. And that really just allowed them and enabled them and empowered them to embrace freedom and democracy. Well, what's the root of the idea that schools should be treated as assimilation factories or should be thought of that way? Well, this is where we get into the reality of education. Um, from the earliest colonial period well into the 1830s, 1840s, the way education was delivered in this country was predominantly through private provision and voluntary provision. So, yeah, you had towns often that would set up schools where the, the people got together and said, hey, we should have a school here, and they would do it. Um, but the, the notion that, that you had to have government provision of school to sort of teach people to be proper Americans, you go back to colonial Massachusetts, where they were initially required, the colonial authorities required towns to maintain schools uh, to teach actually kids how to be proper Christians, especially Puritan Christians. Um, and this actually wasn't all that successful in Massachusetts, where people said, you know, what you're really asking me to do is learn Greek and Latin and things that aren't of any use to me here in the wilderness. Uh, and those original requirements uh, fell by the wayside. Towns just didn't do it because they had other more important things to worry about. Um, so then you go ahead, and during the, the founding period, the you know, 1780s and the 1790s, there were a few people who said, well, we have this great freedom now. But for that really to be exercised safely, we have to take people when they're kids and teach them this is how you're a proper American. These are the values you have to have. You have to, you have to support democracy. You have to have good Christian values. This didn't translate into policy. You know, Thomas Jefferson wanted something like that, uh, and he never got it. He wanted uh, you know, K through, or first grade through third grade, basically, in Virginia. Never got it. 
Um, but this was the beginning of this idea that, well, if people are going to be free, you have to force them to think the right way, and then, oh, sure, they can have all the freedom they want. Uh, it wasn't then until you get to Horace Mann, the 1830s, 1840s, with the common schools, that you really start to see this becoming a popularized notion. Up to about 1830, 1840, when the country is actually founded, formed, became the United States of America, education was largely private. It did eventually become largely public. It, this was made relatively easy because people lived in generally homogeneous communities and were already consuming lots of education when, when government authorities started to say, well, why don't we start to provide this education? So a lot of people didn't object because they were already going to school. They didn't see any real change. And they were already in homogeneous communities. We were like, well, you know, nothing's really changed. These are still the people I know. They like, they share my values. It's okay. It's not till you get to the 1880s, 1890s, you have mass immigration. You have bigger and bigger school districts that suddenly people are having things for some they don't like. That actually led to a lot of conflict. Um, you have in in uh, Midwestern states, Illinois, Wisconsin, where German private Private schools are taught in German. Suddenly they weren't allowed to. There was outrage. And so you really don't get into the 20th century before you see public schooling being forced on disparate people. And that's led to lots of conflict. And even then, people were able to generally accept public schools because where you went to school was still largely based on where you lived. And people tend to live with people just like themselves. To the extent that happens, they say, well, this isn't so bad. But where you actually try and implement the supposed mission of unifying, democratizing, and assimilating, it just doesn't work. Because people like the reason they came to the United States, which is individual freedom. Not being taught first how to be uh, an American automaton and then being free to do whatever you want because you're safe because you think the right way. In essence, it's a confusion about between individual liberty and democracy. That is, uh, you come here for individual liberty, and yet the process by which you send your kids to be educated is subject to all types of democratic controls. And if we know one thing about democracy, it's that minorities are not necessarily uh, their best interests are not necessarily served. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 really, the, the base for this, the guy who put it the best was Benjamin Rush in the 1790s, who had been the Surgeon General for the Continental Army. And he essentially said, if people are going to have freedom, they have to be taught to be the same first, because a whole bunch of people with freedom who don't all think the same can be dangerous. And so there's been this strain of thought that now it's underlies the public schools that if people are going to be free, they have to be made exactly the same first. And that is completely antithetical to everything the country's about and the reason people came here. They didn't come here to be indoctrinated and made into identical you know, nugs. They came here to have individual freedom and the public schooling system is completely opposed to that. Neil McCloskey is associate director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom and author of the book Feds in the Classroom. You can get your copy at Cato.org.